Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning, and we come to you as little children, Lord, gathered around you, and wanting to hear what you have to say to us this morning. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to have attentive hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1, Matthew 4, temptation of the Lord. Matthew 4, 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kings of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Okay, so this is a really important passage, a really important history of the temptation of the Lord because in all these, these temptations, it's very interesting. The Bible says that we're not to be ignorant of the strategies, the devices, the methods that the devil uses. And so we can see here that the devil is coming to the Lord, and especially at least the first two temptations, along the lines like as if he was a friend. And he's coming to him and he says, look, you know, friend, you're hungry, if you're the son of God, just use your power. Turn the stones into bread. I'm just speaking to you as a f- one friend to another. I just want to suggest that you do that. That's the first temptation. The second temptation, he comes along again. It's like a friend. He's giving advice. He says, look, you're on a mission. I understand. You're on a mission, and you want the Jewish people to follow you. So, look, here's a scripture over here that just promises that you're going to be safely protected in case you fall. So, just speaking as one friend to another. I just thought I'd suggest you just jump off this high point here in the temple, and then all the Jewish people will be so impressed they'll follow you. Just a suggestion. That was the approach. That was how he was coming in the first temptation, just one friend to another. But during those two temptations, you can see the Lord eyeing his opponent and explaining from the scriptures why he could not do that. But the third temptation is totally different, because in this temptation, The devil is the most bold. 
He's the most audacious there. And he does something that he didn't do in the first two temptations. He makes the direct offer from himself to the Lord that if he would fall down and worship the devil, that the devil promised to give him all the kings of the world and the glory of them. And the Lord, of course, refused. But when we look at the victory that the Lord had over these three temptations, there's just one word that for us, that has a lot of meaning as far as this history goes, and it's the word that's found in Hebrews 2.17. Because in Hebrews 2.17, it's really describing the Lord in a particular office where it says, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So the word that really carries us, carries for us a lot of impact as far as education goes, is the word faithful. He was a faithful high priest. In other words, when the Lord didn't fall in these temptations, the Lord was being faithful to us. He's being faithful to us. Here's the way it works. A priest is talking about a priest here. A priest represents the people to God. It represents you and I to God. And we don't just need a priest to represent us to God. We need a faithful priest. And these temptations are all about the Lord being faithful as a priest to us, being faithful to us. Because if the Lord had slipped up, let's say that he failed and he sinned in any of these temptations, he would have disqualified himself from being the kind of priest that we need, which is a sinless priest. So if the Lord would have failed in any of these temptations, if he would have had to say to us, you know, I'm sorry, I came, I tried to be a priest for you without sin, but I slipped up, I sinned, and I got disqualified from being your I tried to help, but, I, but you know, I failed. If that were to have happened in these temptations, then the Lord would have let us down, he would have not have been faithful as a high priest for us, and we would have been doomed to an eternity of hell because we wouldn't have a deliverer. Now, but the Lord didn't fail any of these three temptations, so he passes the test, and that makes Hebrews 2.17, this verse we've been looking at, that makes it come across to us along the lines of the Lord saying to us, I was made just like you, and I was tempted just like you, and I didn't yield in any of these three temptations of the devil, so I passed the test so I could be a faithful high priest to you, so I could bring you to God. We look at it from that point of view, then we see each one of these temptations where the Lord succeeds, and we clap, and we say, hooray, and we cheer, because he refused to sin. Now, what makes this last temptation so different from the first two is that the devil has really come out in the open with this outrageous proposal to just go ahead and fall down and worship him. And it's this proposal that the Lord responds to in verse 10 here, where it says, Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So the devil's proposal to the Lord was so outrageous, it was so over the top, that the Lord literally said, out of my sight, out of my sight, I can't bear the sight of you anymore. And when the Lord said that, he then used a name that hadn't been used before, which is the devil before, but now he uses the name Satan. The devil means slanderer, but Satan doesn't mean slanderer. Satan means opponent. So when he calls him Satan, it's like the Lord has reached up 
and ripped his mask off. He's ripped his mask off by calling him Satan because, you know, with the devil, mask was on. He's like, it's his friend. Give me some friendly advice, you know. But with the last temptation, his mask is ripped off and now he's Satan. And so Satan means adversary. Satan means enemy. And that's an important name that the Lord called him, adversary. Because when he says this, he's saying, you are my enemy. You are my opponent. You oppose everything that I do. And that's important for us. Because the closer that we align our lives with God, the more the devil is our enemy. The devil is God's opponent, or God's adversary, or God's Satan. And that means that he is God's Satan, God's adversary in everything God wants to do. And the more we want to do in our lives what God wants done, the more he becomes our Satan, the more he becomes our opponent. For example... God does not want any person to be cast into hell. We get that from 2 Peter 3, 9, where it says clearly the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that means he does not want anyone to be cast into hell. We also get that from 1 Timothy 2, 4. 1 Timothy 2, 4 talks about God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So those verses tell us that God wants for all men to be saved from hell, to be saved from judgment. So what happens? To oppose God, in other words, to be an adversary to God, to be a Satan to God, to be an adversary, Satan wants every man to be cast into hell, which we are told in John 10.10. John 10.10, where the devil, the Satan is called the thief. The thief cometh not but for to kill and to destroy. God sends his word to earth to cause people to be born again. That's God's purpose in sending his word. I have a grapefruit tree at home, and um, it wasn't doing real well. It was doing okay, but not that well. But with all this rain, and I'm not just talking about this rain, the rain we had earlier, that tree yielded 80 grapefruits. (laughs) I should have sent it into better homes and gardens. 80 grapefruit came from that one tree. Now, the Bible tells us that the rain doesn't just happen. I was raining, but that the rain is described as a gift from God. The Bible describes rain as being sent to bring fruit. This is what Job said in Job 5.10. Job 5.10 says about God, who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields. That's what it says in Job 5.10. So this picture of rain being sent, of rain making trees and plants to be fruitful is the picture. That picture is the picture that God chose to use to explain where the Bible came from and what the Bible does. And this explanation is given to us in Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, where it says, as the rain cometh down, as the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So just as God sends the rain to the earth, picture it out where God is sending the rain to the earth, and he's saying to the rain, rain, I'm sending you. 
Now you go down there to the earth and you make that earth to bud and bring forth fruit and don't come back until you brought fruit. <laughs> In the same way, God sends his word, his Bible, with the commission. And he says, Bible, I'm sending you. Now you go to the earth from my mouth and make people to be born again. And don't come back until you've made dead souls alive, until you've made lost souls saved. And this is what's meant when the Bible says, describes a person who was born again. It says, well, how were you born again? And the answer is in 1 Peter 1.23, 1 Peter 1.23, where it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. So you take that phrase, being born again by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And then in James 1.18, James 1.18, it says, of his own will begot he us with the word of truth. We were begotten with the word of truth. So this is God's purpose for the word of God. So therefore, to oppose what God wants for the Bible, just to be a Satan, just to be an adversary, Satan, Satan takes the word of God out of the hearts of people. He removes it out of the hearts of people. And the picture that God gave us to understand what Satan is doing here is a picture of the seed that a sower is sowing, which in the seed represents the word of God, where he said in Mark 4.4, Mark 4.4, it came to pass as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. That means that the devil causes people to not give the Bible a second thought. Just to write it off, it's, oh, it's a book of religion, a book of myths, it's untrue stories. And just like this happened to me recently, I, Christmas time, I gave somebody a CD of Christmas music that we made at work. It's Christmas music, CD. And when I gave it to him, that person looked at me and she said, you mean this is based on the Bible? <laughs> she had this question. And when I said yes, she rolled her eyes, you know, like, you must be kidding. What happened when she did that? What happened? What happened was she got visited by birds. That's what happened. The birds from hell that devoured up the word of God from her heart and caused her to not even give the Bible a second thought. Now God tells us, the Bible tells us, that God tells the truth. God tells the truth. For example, it says in Deuteronomy 32.4, Deuteronomy 32.4, that God is the rock and his work is perfect in all his ways are judgment. And he's a God of truth. So how many times have you and I told somebody about heaven and hell and the response of the person is, well, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody can really know. Nobody can know that. You can't know that. Nobody can know that. I can't know that. So what happens? God is saying in the Bible, there is heaven. There is hell. And that's true. So just to oppose God, just to be a Satan to God, the devil comes along, and he's described in John 8, 44, John 8, 44, where it says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. He's a liar and the father of it. What God wants to do with people is to bring them out of the darkness, especially the darkness as to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. God does not want people in the dark 
about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, where the Bible says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in your hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God wants people to know. He wants them to come out of the darkness of not knowing who Jesus Christ is into the light of knowing who the Lord Jesus Christ is. He wants that. So just to oppose God, just to be a Satan, just to be an adversary to God, Satan keeps people in the darkness about who Jesus Christ really is. And this is told to us in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Lest they should understand that in that person you can see God, that he is the image of God. So Satan blinds them to that by many ways. We know from the Bible that God wants to heal people. That's what he wants to do. Sickness is like a bondage. And it says in Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 15, 26, that God told Israel, if you listen to me, if you do what I tell you to do, then he says, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So just to oppose God, just to be a Satan, just to be an adversary to God, the devil comes along and you see him and he keeps people in these sicknesses, in these diseases, like the woman who had an issue of blood for 18 years. And when the Lord Jesus went to describe what happened with this woman, he said in Luke 13, 16, Luke 13, 16, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day, which was the bond of having the issue of blood for 18 years. Okay, now, another one. God really wants to give people eternal life. He wants to give people eternal life. Lord Jesus said in John 10.10, John 10.10, I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. That's what he wants to do. I am come so that they can have life. I want them to have life. God wants them to have life. Just to oppose that, just to oppose John 3.16, the love of God that was reflected in him sending his son so that whoever, and he hopes everyone, believes on him should have eternal life and not perish. Okay, so just to oppose that, just to oppose that, to be an adversary, the rest of John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not but to, to steal, to kill, to destroy. In John 8.44, as we saw, he's the murderer from the beginning. Now, God wants the world to be saved. He wants the world to be saved. He has sent missionaries. He wants to send missionaries. There's two of them right there. Send missionaries into the world to preach the gospel. That's what he wants to do. He said that in Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's God's desire. So just to be an opponent, just to oppose God, just to be a Satan, just to be an adversary, the devil comes along and he hinders missionaries from going into the world, which is what Paul said happened to him. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, 1 Thessalonians 2.18, where Paul said, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, 
once and again, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. God, another one, God wants to cover sins. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't like sin. He wants to cover sin and people, and he, he made provision for this with the blood. He, says he gave the blood, blood that makes a covering for sin. So he wants to cover the sins of man. And you can see this, for example, when the Lord Jesus is looking at his disciples. I mean, you gotta remember who these people are, these disciples. You know, they're not exactly Sunday school teachers. I mean, uh, well, not the Sunday school teachers. Anyway. You know, they had a lot of failures. You know, at one point, he, <clears throat> they failed to understand. He says, don't you understand what I said in this parable? How are you going to understand all the parables? Another point, they failed in their unbelief. They, they couldn't cast out this devil. And he says, you know, it's because of your unbelief. You know, you, you failed. You can go to prayer and fasting and so forth. And especially Peter, Peter. Oh, boy, Peter. Anyway, so what would he say to these disciples who had kind of a lot of failures in their background there? He said to them, as he looked at them in Luke twenty two twenty eight. Luke twenty two twenty eight. he said, ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. Are you talking to the same people where like, you are they which have been successful. And that's what he's focused on. Why does he do that? Because their failures, their sins, he wants to cover them. He just wants to cover them. And that's what the Lord wants to do. Now, just to oppose God, just to be the Satan to God, just to be the adversary to God, Satan is pointing out all the sins like he did with Job. He said, Job in Job 111. Job 111, he says to God, put forth your hand and touch all that he hath. Make it all vanish. Just to go up and smoke. He says, and he will curse thee to thy face. Is what Satan said about Job. He says, he's going to stand right up to your face and curse you. He also said that in Job 2.5. Job 2.5. He said, okay, all right, you took all of his possessions away. That didn't work. So now just go after his health. And he says in Job 2, 5, but put forth that hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. That was a real accusation. As a matter of fact, just to oppose God, Satan continually accuses us as is given us in Revelation 12, 10, Revelation 12, 10, where it says, I heard a voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast out, which accused them before our God day and night. So you want to know what Satan's spending a lot of his time doing? He's spending a lot of time accusing you. That's what he's doing here. And he's doing that because the Lord wants to cover sins. Now, for all these reasons and more, when the Lord Jesus in verse 10 calls the devil Satan or adversary, he's really squaring off with the devil with the adversary. He's squaring off as a man, and he's declaring war with Satan. And this declaration of war really came in response to Satan's suggestion to fall down and worship him. I mean, that resulted in a horror and a strong rebuke of, I can't bear to think of it. Anybody says, get the hints. When Satan stepped out and did this, what he was really doing was trying to overturn the kingdom of God by overthrowing the founder of the kingdom of God. So this is what happened. But when he comes out and he makes this outrageous proposal to fall down and worship him, then the masquerader is exposed. And he's exposed because for not being a friend at all. It's this transformation that Satan does. 
It's described as transformation, you know, into a friend or someone who's going to give you understanding that you get in 2 Corinthians 11, 14. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 says, no marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 